Welcome back to Love Murder Current Affairs, our show about the cases of love gone fatally wrong that are in the news right now. Today, we start with updates in some of the cases we've covered over the past few months. Our first update is in the case of Madeline McCann. Now, I know you guys all know this, but I'm going to give you a quick 15-second recap of the case. Madeline was a then three-year-old girl who disappeared during a family vacation in Portugal in 2007. Madeline's parents had left her and her two-year-old twin siblings in a rental unit while they ate at a restaurant a couple hundred feet away, checking on the children every half hour or so until making the terrifying discovery that would change their lives. The mystery has gone through a huge number of twists and turns, and seemingly every few years, it returns to the top of the news cycle. The latest of those twists came earlier this year when a Polish woman named Julia Wendell created an Instagram account claiming that she had come to believe that she was Madeline McCann. The evidence was primarily physical identifiers, including a rare eye condition. The claim was compelling enough that millions of people started following the story. As we discussed at the time, Andy, there was one very easy way to solve this. A DNA test. Last we left the story, it wasn't clear what was to happen on that front. However, as of this week, we got a bit of resolution. Julia Wendell's spokeswoman, Dr. Fia Johansson, confirmed in Instagram posts that, according to DNA results, Wendell was not Madeline McCann. Johansson wrote, We finally know the reality. Although it is impossible to tell for sure without the parents' DNA results on either side, the test results speak to the origins of Julia's root. The test results revealed that she is 100% of Polish heart, with negligible influence from Lithuania and Russia. She went on in a later blog post, The story is much more complicated than a simple girl from a small town in Poland making a claim to get attention. She truly believed what she was saying. And with so many questions about her childhood, it is easy to understand where she was coming from. Ugh, it's just devastating for the McCann parents to go through this once again. It's devastating kind of for both families, too, because this girl actually really thought she was that baby. There's just so much kind of feeling surrounding it. Like, she actually believed that she was Madeline McCann. I know. I think that she definitely needs some therapeutic help because it sounds like she had a very questionable childhood that made her believe this. And I can't imagine feeling that your child so many years later might be alive only to have your hopes dashed once more. Our next update comes in the case of Anna Walsh, the Boston-area mother who went missing around this New Year's. That case garnered huge attention, first around the search for the missing woman, and then later for the absolutely sordid details, including some of the most damning and ridiculous set of internet searches that I've ever heard in a missing persons case. Anna's husband, Brian's, Search history included 10 ways to dispose of a dead body if you really need to, and hacksaw best tool to dismember. I mean, we have a true crime podcast, and those are still some of the most damning internet searches I've ever heard. <laughs> it's true. We've covered some really bad ones. We've covered some doozies, and those were terrible. Suffice it to say, it was not long before Brian was arrested, and when he was, even more information came to light. He had actually been awaiting sentencing in an unrelated art fraud-related scheme, ratcheting up the intrigometer to 11. <laughs> 
Well, Brian Walsh has now officially been indicted in Norfolk Superior Court. The charges include the murder of his wife, misleading a police investigation, and obstruction of justice, and one more for the improper conveyance of a human body just for good measure. He had previously been arraigned in his local Quincy District Court. Wow. One more in the updates section. This isn't a case we've covered on Current Affairs, but it is one of the most omnipresent cases in the news today. That, of course, is the case of Lori Vallow, a mother who is accused of killing and conspiring to kill her two children and her husband, Chad Daybell's wife, Tammy. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, this and the Murdoch case are like, it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper the more you look into it. Spiraling rabbit holes. The case has been documented on more TV series, podcasts, news stories than we can shake a stick at. But in brief, the 7-year-old JJ and 17-year-old Tylee went missing in September 2019 in Idaho. Tammy was found dead in October 2019, and initially her death was ruled of natural causes. Two months later, though, her body was exhumed under suspicion that the causes might not have been as natural as it once seemed. The next summer, in June 2020, police searched Chad Daybell's home and found human remains that would be positively identified as J.J. and Tylee. As if the heinous crime wasn't enough, part of the frenzy around the case stems from reports that Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell were part of an apocalyptic doomsday cult. Well, for those of you who have been following along, jury selection has finally begun in Lori Vallow's trial. About 1,800 potential jurors were asked to fill out a questionnaire, and all in all, the trial is expected to last 10 weeks. This would be a good one to cover on Patreon as well, since it's all kind of coming up with the trial and everything. Yeah, I think, is that something you'd want to cover? Totally. Yeah, because it's kind of culty. You're getting a reputation for the culties. I'm fine with it. (laughs) Yeah, but I think just that the trial's starting and they're starting to get the jurors, I think it'd be really interesting to kind of like delve deeper into that in the Patreon and see what the whole story is in depth. And then we can kind of see if there's like updates from the trial too. Yeah, absolutely. 1,800 potential jurors. That's insane. This trial is going to be a circus, Andy. It's going to be crazy. And now we move on to this week's new case. 70-year-old Joseph Pamela was quite literally a regular Joe. He was described as a kind and social man. He had spent his career as a warehouse worker for numerous companies local to his home of Woonsocket, Rhode Island. He loved to go on walks and play the guitar, even playing in local bands and frequenting open mic nights in the area. Joseph had a sometimes contentious relationship with his twin adult daughters, Danielle and Jennifer Pamela. The Woonsocket police chief, Thomas Oates, said that his department had over the years responded to a handful of calls to the Pamela household. Oates said that there were several minor incidents between them, disagreements over family issues, but none of these issues rose to the level where anyone was assaulted or was violent. Unfortunately, that would not be the case this time around. In late January, one of their fights escalated. Court documents would later report that Joseph and Jennifer got in a vicious argument about, quote, selling the house and getting rid of 12 cats. Oh, no, Andy. Oh, no! Danielle claimed that she had been taking a nap when the worst of the fight happened. And when she awoke, she found both Jennifer and Joseph lying on the floor. Jennifer had pills near her and was unresponsive, but quite alive. Joseph, with garden shears sticking out of his neck, was not. 
When authorities arrived on the scene, Jennifer told them, I had to do it, and was taken to the hospital where she was arrested and ultimately charged with first-degree murder. Initially, Danielle claimed that she was innocent. According to newly revealed filings, however, both twins have now been charged. It seems the forensic evidence was just too clear. In addition to the garden shears to the neck, Joseph had also suffered blunt force trauma. Investigators removed more than 50 pieces of evidence from the home, including a gargoyle head and stone fragments with blood. I always knew you had to be, uh, those gargoyle statues are a little suspicious, always. I mean, that's a very sinister and diabolical end to meet. And it's so obvious that it was two-on-one in this situation. Absolutely. Special Assistant Attorney Jessica Vieja said, Ultimately, when confronted about matching injuries on her hand as well as her twin sister's hand, they both had injuries in this incident. Danielle admitted to police they had both taken part in the killing of their father. On Friday of last week, Danielle was arraigned on one count of murder. Both sisters are currently being held without bail. Like, minus some terrible family secrets of abuse, it is very hard to imagine a family fight escalating to that point. No, that's unhinged. That's not okay. I mean, you love your cat, but I don't think you'd kill over rehoming 12 cats. You can't kill anyone. You shouldn't kill anyone. But like, <laughs> there's, no, there's no justification at the end of the day. 12 cats yes. did not justify this. No. Well, we'll keep you updated as more information becomes available. Until next time, I'm Jesse Prey. And I'm Andy Cassette signing off on Love Murder Current Affairs. <laughs> 